You are locked on Cougars. Welcome into a Monday edition of the podcast. Hope you all are doing great out there, and thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Plenty to get to ahead on today's show. The coaching carousel is speeding up, folks. What does that mean for BYU? We'll delve into that. We'll also talk some BYU basketball, another hard-fought victory for the Cougar Cagers as they beat San Diego State. What to make of that as they get ready for a showdown with number 13, Oregon, tomorrow. And of course, we will catch Catch you guys up on everything else that happened over the weekend. A fantastic weekend for the women's soccer program. Cross country had a good weekend as well. So plenty to cover ahead on the next half hour or so. So without further ado, let's dive on in. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast from November 15th, 2021. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's up, everybody? Thank you again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. My name is Jake Hatch. I am your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah, as the executive producer of DJ and PK in the morning. But more importantly, I am your host here on this fine program as we talk all things BYU sports. Hope you all had a fantastic weekend. Hope your bye week was great. Saturday spent watching a lot of football. I know I watched a lot more than I typically do when I have BYU game responsibilities, but I miss the games. I miss BYU playing, so it's good to have them back as they get ready for Georgia Southern. We'll have you ready for that game against the Eagles later this week, throughout the week, as we talk all things BYU, but wanted to start today's podcast on a topic I have pontificated on multiple times for those of you who have been longtime listeners and the reason I go back to it time and time again is because the rumors continue to emerge and continue to hear more about it and what am I talking about let's talk about Kalani Satake and supposed interest in him for a myriad of open jobs Jimmy Lake was fired yesterday as the head coach of the Washington Huskies a really rough less than two year stint for him 13 games in charge of you dub but it was readily apparent that things were not going to work out for him in Seattle and he is out officially the third coach in the Pac-12 fired this season there are as many as six jobs thought to be opening in the Pac-12 this year and that only means that the coaching carousel is going to be absolutely nuts Obviously, one of the names that's close at hand when it comes to the stories you hear about with regards to coaches who are going to be looked at as potential replacements for big jobs like a USC, like a Washington, is Kalani Satake. And the simple fact of the matter is, where we'll start today, is that Kalani, his profile has never been larger. Think about it. What has he done at BYU the past two years? It was 11-1 last year. Currently, the Cougars sit at 8-2, and and it looks more more than likely, should they not have something unforeseen happen, they'll be sitting at 10-2 and two this year. If you have 21-3 as your record over the past two seasons, you can guarantee people are going to quote-unquote kick the tires on your interest for their positions. Now, the problem here is, is how much does Kalani Sitake love BYU? Well, he absolutely loves BYU. I, I can assure you of that. He has made it explicitly clear that 
replacing the head coaching position, not replacing, or assuming the head coaching position in Provo was his dream job when he set out on his coaching, his not coaching, man, I'm struggling with all kinds of words tonight. When he began his coaching journey, his dream job was to be the head coach at Brigham Young University. Lavelle Edwards was his mentor in more ways than one. He played for the man. He grew up a fan of the program led by Lavelle Edwards. He always dreamed of assuming at that position, and he's currently been in that position now for almost six seasons. Will other jobs come calling? Absolutely. I have it on pretty good authority that programs like USC have already made uh, inquiries is probably the right term about his interest in maybe interviewing for a job like that. I would fully imagine that the University of Washington would have interest in him, as would a myriad of other programs. When they see what Kalani is accomplishing in Provo at the helm of the BYU football program over the past two seasons, what he's turned them into, and what he has accomplished with the relative lack of resources that he has had, not being at the Power 5 level, and they will be at the Power 5 level relatively soon here. We all know that with BYU headed to the Big 12. Well, they're going to look at that and say, okay, what can this man accomplish if we were to give him the resources that he hasn't had in Provo? So, there are going to be rumors. Get ready for it. You're going to hear every notable job that opens up from here to Timbuktu is going to have Kalani Sitake's name to name attached to it to some degree. Programs like Arizona last year were rumored to be interested in BYU. I don't think Kalani Sitake is looking for the first bus out of Provo. Let me also be clear about that. He loves being at BYU. Like I mentioned, his dream job was to become the head coach of the Cougars, which he has accomplished. But there are dollar amounts. There is a loyalty aspect to how Kalani Sitake operates. It's like a personal code to him. If you're loyal to him, he is loyal to you. Well, if that is ever violated or he feels like he is not receiving the love he deserves, the compensation for his assistance, who he considers family, he will be open to looking at other jobs. I truly believe that. Can BYU nip every single one of these interests or every single one of these supposed inquiries, interviews, whatever you want to term it, can they nip them all in the bud? Yes, they could. All they've got to do is make sure that Kalani Sitake feels like he is being loved up, he has had the loyalty shown to him that he needs to have shown to him, and he will reciprocate that loyalty in the form of remaining as the head coach of the BYU football program. Now, I can hear many of you saying, well, you're just regurgitating information that you've been told by somebody else. Maybe I am, but let me be clear about this also. I have independent conversations of anybody I talk to about this situation. I had one such conversation this past weekend and Kalani all he wants is the loyalty that he shows to the program he calls home reciprocated to him and more importantly reciprocated to his assistants will BYU have deeper pockets once they enter the big 12 absolutely just look at the media contracts the big 12 has at their disposal and BYU according to what we have heard will go in as a full share partner there's going to be no ramp up for BYU along with the other new four programs that join the big 12 when they enter the conference in 2023 so BYU is going to be walking into a cash windfall there but maybe it's too late at that point if Kalani Sitake has already left the program 
I have heard, and we had Chad Lewis on with DJ and PK, say that they have had boosters in the past tell them that when BYU is getting into the Big 12 or getting into the Power 5, to call them back up and they'd be willing to invest in the program. You need to make those phone calls now if you're BYU's athletic administration and say, okay, here's the situation. We are going to have an influx of cash in 2023. We all know that. But right now, Kalani has got a lot of people interested in him. His assistants have a lot of people interested in him. And if you want to keep this machine rolling, speaking of the BYU football program, looking like they're going to have a second 10-plus win season on their hands, and you want to keep that thing rolling, we need that ref- we, we need the resources that you have promised us, or you said you would be open to donating or uh, putting into the program when we went Power 5. We need them right now. We can't have them in 2023, or else we might lose the head coach and the assistants that have helped us build this up. That's how it's going to work out right now, folks. I think that Kalani Sitake, he wants nothing more than to remain in Provo as the head coach of the Brigham Young University football program. But, as I mentioned, he deserves loyalty, he craves loyalty, and if you give him the loyalty and the love that he is looking for, he will reciprocate in kind. Am I going to say that Kalani Satake is ever going to leave BYU? Am I ever going to say he's never going to leave BYU? No, I can't say that because there are going to come opportunities his way as a coach. He's proven himself. He's a bona fide head coach at the FBS level, now the Power 5 level, that people are going to be interested in. But Kalani has always dreamed of making Provo his home and becoming the next Lavelle Edwards. He would love nothing more than to spend the entirety of his head coaching career leading the Cougars. I truly believe that. But until he feels like he is secure, he is comfortable, and the guys he knows he needs to have around him are secure and comfortable to continue to have success, you can't just go out and replace assistant after assistant and expect to continue what you have done. You need your guys around you, and Kalani wants his guys taken care of along with having himself taken care of. I believe BYU can nip all of the rumors about Kalani Satake in the bud, and all they've got to do is make sure that he is given the resources he feels like he needs to continue to have success doing what he's doing. Come at me with what you got. I know you. many of you, when I've talked about this in the past, have said that, you don't know what you're talking about, Jake. They gave him an extension recently. I know all that. I'm not dumb. I'm just speaking generally that Kalani... He would be a fool not to look around, but also BYU would be foolish not to make sure that they do everything within their power to keep him in Provo. That's all I'm going to say. All right, coming up momentarily, we'll talk a little bit about BYU basketball. Another big win for Mark Pope and his squad. A very important early season win over San Diego State. We'll delve into that, talk a little bit about what I took away as I attended that game, as probably many of you did as well at the Merritt Center Friday night. We'll touch on all of that in just a second. First, though, today's show is brought to you in part by our friends over at Prize Picks. They are a leader in college sports daily fantasy. They offer more college football props and also college basketball props than anybody else in the world and they offer all the star players of the power five as well as mid-major players you may not have ever heard of it's a really simple concept you pick two to five players and an over under on their projected numbers and you can win up to 10 times back on any entry and it's just you versus those projected numbers sounds simple enough the best part about it your entries can be made in 60 seconds or less it's really that simple price picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals as well so please get over to pricepicks.com to check it out you also can uh, download their award 
award-winning app in your app store, whichever you use, Apple, Google, whatever you got. Download it now. And also, while you're there, when you make your first deposit, use the promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 just for using the promo code LOCKEDON. So don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON or go to your app store and download the app today to get started there. PrizePicks is daily fantasy made easy. Today's podcast is brought to you in part by our friends over at All Guard Pest Control, a great local company. And if you have any needs when it comes to the pest control game, All Guard should be the resource you rely on. I've relied on them at my home for the better part of three years now, and they have been absolutely incredible. My favorite part about this is their huge BYU fans to boot. Seth Baird, the owner, one of the diest of the diehard BYU fans that I know, and he would love nothing more than to talk BYU sports with you, pontificate on the Cougars while he's also taking care of your home or your business. They also offer both residential and uh, commercial pest control services. They've got the manpower, the know-how, and just the overall expertise to handle anything you can throw at them. So feel free to reach out anytime you need pest control services. They're based in Utah County, but capable of servicing anybody up and down the Wasatch Front Corridor, even out of the Twila and Wasatch County areas. If you need their services, they have the wheels and they will travel to you to take care of your issues. Give them a call anytime you need them. 801-855 one one eight one two that's eight zero one eight five one one eight one two or you can go to their website allguardpestcontrols.com that's allguardpestcontrols with an s dot com and once again that phone number 801-851-1812 make sure to tell them that jay catch and locked on cougar sent you when you give them that call Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Hope you all are doing great here on this Monday. Plenty to talk about when it comes to BYU men's basketball. A big win for them Friday night. Many of you watched it. I hope you watched it. I was in attendance out at the Marriott Center. And by the way, let me start off with this. You guys, you speaking of BYU fans, you guys are absolutely the most loyal bunch of fans that I know. We saw pictures, and I saw them all weekend long, of student sections, just overall stadiums, just looking empty. That, that's for lack of a better term, they just looked empty. Student sections, not even uh, remotely populated. Well, BYU, The Rock, was packed to the gills for a Friday night showdown against San Diego State. And sure, San Diego State's got a lot of cachet. It's a old-time rival of BYU's. But even going back to the opener against Cleveland State, the Marriott Center was rocking. I believe they announced 16,000-plus fans at the Marriott Center on a random Friday night during the middle of football season. I know that there wasn't necessarily a lot going on in college football with BYU on a bye week. There's probably more of an intention on a game like that. But BYU fans, you guys proved time and time again how loyal you guys are, your love for the Cougars, and you do it by putting your butts in seats. Georgia State, uh, not Georgia State, I keep saying Georgia State, Georgia Southern is going to have a sellout this weekend. I would venture to say if it's not 50% BYU fans, I will be stunned. And it's not a very big stadium down there in Statesboro. I think it's 20-some-odd thousand, 26,500, some such. It can be a lot of BYU fans down there in Statesboro. And I think Georgia Southern fans are going to be like, where in the world are all these people coming from? Are they all coming from Utah? No, they're actually probably your neighbors. That's the thing about BYU fans. They're truly a nationwide and a global fan base. So credit to all of you guys. But a huge win for Mark Pope and his team. 
taking care of San Diego State 66-60. It was not a pretty game, as evidenced by the score here, but this is a big win for BYU men's basketball because San Diego State is actually going to be one of the best defensive teams that BYU will face all year long. Many of my concerns about BYU after that Cleveland State game are still there. BYU as a team still shot just 4 of 18 from the three-point line, 22.2%. You need to see that percentage go up if BYU wants to have continued success. I saw improvement from the free throw line, 78.3%, 18 of 23. Rebounding for BYU, actually not bad. They actually out-rebounded a very, very good rebounding team in San Diego State, 42-38, to and they did it as a team. BYU doesn't have a lot of proven big men outside of Rich Harward, but it sure seems like Fusini Traore, for being, what, six foot six on the roster, that dude plays like he's six foot ten. I love Foose. He is going to be a fan favorite if he's not already. I thought he had a fantastic game. Alex Barcelo continues to be the metronome that makes BYU go in 34 minutes. He was 6-10 from the field. Uh, 17 points. I would still want to see Alex Barcelo double those field goal attempts. Uh, if 20 attempts, think of what he could do. He made 6-10. Well, that's 12-10. That's maybe like, what, a 34-point performance? I think Alex Barcelo is trying to defer to his teammates, make guys like T. John Lucas, as well as guys like Caleb Lone or Gideon George, make them feel like they're part of the offense. But there needs to be more of a selfishness to Alex Barcelo's games at points. And I'm not trying to say that he needs to go out there and be an Allen Iverson type or a Steph Curry where he just completely dominates a game and takes over. But this guy is BYU's most lethal shooter. He needs to be taking more than 10 attempts in a game. T. John Lucas was 2 of 12 in this game. He's BYU's leading scorer with 13 points. He was 8 of 8 from the charity stripe. So a good game for T. John. Not a good shooting night, though. 2 of 12, not good enough. He did have 5 assists. It was nice to see those two, speaking of Alex Barcelo and T. John Lucas, matching up and combining for 30 points in this victory. And BYU found themselves in a slog for a lot of this game because San Diego State, they defend. That, that's one thing. Brian Dutcher, their head coach, speaking of SDSU, he has built his entire coaching resume on the fact that his teams will be some of the most dogged defenders that you will face when you face them. And they made BYU work for everything they got in this game. This is going to be a very quality win for BYU come tournament time. And obviously, it's going to get them ready, I think, for a very, very good opponent tomorrow night in Portland, Oregon. They're playing at the Moda Center, which is home of the Portland Trailblazers up there in Oregon. They're playing as part of the PK-80 tournament, uh, honoring Nike founder Phil Knight. BYU will take on number 13, Oregon, in that matchup. And this is probably going to be the toughest game BYU plays all year outside of Gonzaga. Now, obviously, they're a ranked opponent, so that's very easy to say. But if you want to get ready for a game like that, I'm not sure there are many better opponents to get you ready for what you'll face against Oregon than a team like San Diego State. So am I expecting BYU to go to 3-0 tomorrow night? <sighs> I want to say yes because I think there's some element to BYU. There's a grittiness we've seen from them so far in beating two likely tournament teams. I think San Diego State and Cleveland State are likely to be in the NCAA tournament field next March. But, man... There's also part of me that's like, this is an Oregon team. Like, they 
they got a lot of talent. The Oregon's really, really good. And uh, BYU will have their work cut out for them going on the road to a neutral site to play this game, even though it's not really a neutral site when it's in the same home state as the University of Oregon. But nonetheless, a big opportunity staring BYU in the face. But I really liked how BYU showed their tenacity, their ability to just fight through multiple things. There were stretches of this game against San Diego State where both teams were just like stuck in neutral. It just kept like they were spinning their wheels and they couldn't find any traction. The nice part was late in this game, BYU did find just enough to get a big win and it's a good start to the season for the Cougars. Cleveland State, hard-nosed team that BYU had to fight through a lot of things. San Diego State, uh, they they did not have a good shooting night themselves. 39.3% from the field. They were just 13.6% from the three-point line, three of 22. But BYU just found a way. That's a good sign for a program like this. Do I think the offense is going to come around? Well, I've got my fingers crossed that it does because I'm not going to lie. Mark Pope's teams are much more enjoyable when they're scoring 80 points and shooting a high percentage from the three-point line. It just makes that offense look so much better and so much more enjoyable to watch. Is a 66-60 game necessarily awful? No, but there is going to be some improvement. I think we're going to see just naturally from BYU, but the three-point shot, I hope they can start to get it to fall at some point uh, very quickly. I'd like to see guys like Caleb Lohner continue to shoot. I, he was 0-4 from the three-point line in that game, and people are probably looking at it saying, he was 3-12 from the field. Like, tell him to stop shooting. You can't tell a guy like that to stop shooting because Caleb had a very slow start last year, if you guys will recall. I believe he was 0 for, uh, for a long stretch to start his freshman campaign. But once the shot started to fall, he became a true force in BYU's offense. He is just, I think, one of a few guys, I think, on this roster that once they start to see the hoop once they start to see the ball go in the hoop, they are going to be nigh unto unstoppable and it's going to completely unlock things for BYU. The good news in the interim, Alex Barcelo continues just to get it done. He is, as I mentioned, I call him the metronome. He just makes everything work for BYU basketball and you can rely on him. That's the nice part. But you'd like to see some other guys come along. I think Fusini Triori absolutely can be a dude like that. Nine points, eight rebounds. Uh, Caleb Bloner, by the way, seven points, eight rebounds. Nothing to sniff at when it comes to his performance in that game, but you want to see Spencer Johnson, Trevin Nell, start to see them come through. Seneca Knight, you'd like to see more from him. He had eight points on three of seven shooting, six rebounds in his own right. The rebounding numbers, they're going to be critical because they're going to go... So long as Rich Harward is out of the lineup for BYU, and it sounds like it's at least a month without him, BYU's rebounding is going to have to be a team-wide effort, and they're going to have to work hard because they're going to be teams much bigger than them. Oregon's just one of them who's going to have more size, more athleticism. BYU's going to have to outwork these guys, and we'll preview more of that game on tomorrow's edition of the, of the, of the podcast as we also recap what we learned from BYU football media availability uh, coming up today. Kalani Satake speaking to the media, getting ready for Georgia Southern. Now, Coming up in just a moment, we'll wrap up the show. We'll wrap up uh, the weekend. We'll get your recap of everything that happened for the Cougars over the weekend. We'll touch on all of that in just a second. Today's show is brought to you in part by our friends over at Built Bar. Many of you are getting ready for Thanksgiving. We're just, a, what, over a week away. I want you guys to consider replacing your pie that you'd be looking forward to having at Thanksgiving with a Built Bar. It's a more healthy option, obviously. High protein, high fiber, low calorie, low sugar. And the best part is just 130 to 180. 80 calories, whereas your pie, your piece of pie, or maybe the whole pie you're planning on eating, well, a piece of pie at minimum, about 300 calories. 
this is the healthy alternative healthy alternative if you're trying to find something different to enjoy this Thanksgiving season. What I love about Built Bars is they are truly the most delicious protein bars that I have ever had. I think they're absolutely phenomenal. I keep buying box upon box. And true story, my wife this past weekend said, Jake, you got to stop buying Built Bars. Okay, maybe I will, dear. Maybe I won't. I'm a huge fan. I want you guys to give them a shot as well. And the best part about this is, you probably have heard about it, but if you have not by now, BYU Football has a name, image, and likeness agreement for all of their football players with the folks over at Built Bar. So when you buy Built Bars, you're supporting BYU Football. It's that simple. So get to Built.com, place your order now. While you're there, please use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. So it's a win-win. You're saving money. You're also giving money to the BYU Football program via our friends at Built Bar. It's a really simple thing. So get to Built.com, promo code LOCKED15 for that 15% off, and get enjoying the best-tasting protein bars and support BYU Football with Built Bar. All right, before we go on this Monday edition of the show, let's catch you up on everything else that happened over the weekend in BYU sports. We'll start off with the number four ranked women's cross country team. They finished third, while the number eight ranked men's cross country team took first place in the NCAA Mountain Regional at Tippinogas Golf Club. That happened on Friday morning slash afternoon. The men's team earned an automatic bid to the NCAA Cross Country Championships. The women's team also did get an at-large bid to the Nationals, but they did not get the automatic because only the first and second place finishers got the automatic bid. It's a really good sign for the BYU men's cross-country team led by defending national champion Connor Mance. He once again led the Cougars to victory. He battled with Northern Arizona's Nico Young for much of the meet, but dialed up down the stretch to win it. Really fun to see him do that. He won in a time of 29 minutes, 39.6 seconds. Casey Klinger just three seconds back of him in third place. Brandon Garnica, Aiden Troutner are also inside the top 10 in eighth and ninth, respectively. So Really good showings for the men's cross-country program. They will now head to Tallahassee, Florida, alongside the women's team for the national championships. And the women's team defending national champs looking to make it two in a row. They'll have their work cut out for them, obviously having a little bit of a disappointing finish there on their home course. But now you head to Tallahassee, to Florida, where you run at sea level, and a team like BYU... Well, you run at elevation. It should give you an advantage in some ways going down to sea level where people, according to what I hear, I'm not a runner. I'll be clear about that. Anybody who looked at my physique knows I'm not a runner. But uh, I've heard that it, as you're, if you're a high-level runner and you go from training at elevation to sea level, you feel like you can, quote-unquote, run for days. So we'll see. Hopefully a good showing is in the coming weeks and days. Actually, it's a week, just over a week out for the men's and women's cross-country programs. So best of luck to them as they get ready for nationals. Also, congratulations to the number four seed women's BYU BYU women's soccer program. They had five second half goals as they defeated New Mexico 6 0 in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Uh, five of those goals, as I mentioned, coming in the second half are really phenomenal showing for BYU on their home field. It is the final uh, home match for BYU as they will head to Charlottesville, Virginia for a matchup with Alabama in the second round of the NCAA tournament. Obviously, they were hoping that Virginia would get upset and BYU could host the next round of games, but unfortunately, that is not the case. They will head to Charlottesville instead and I still think they will be able to take their high flying ways their high scoring ways on the road with them and hopefully take down the Crimson Tide and hopefully find themselves in a rematch against Virginia and get some revenge on the Cavaliers. Number 5 ranked BYU women's volleyball had their senior day match on Saturday. They
They beat Loyola Marymount in three, uh, sorry, excuse me, four sets, uh, winning 3-1, 25-20, 24-26, 25-21, were the scores. The loss put LMU on a five-match losing streak, but they hung tough with the Cougars. They are now on an 18-match winning streak and now holds an overall record of 25-1. They remain undefeated in West Coast Conference action, 15-0 on the season. Really, really fun to see. BYU have three regular season matches remaining, and I fully expect they will be 28-1 when they go into the NCAA tournament. That will start this Thursday as they head to the Alex G. Spano Center in Stockton, California to face off against Pacific. That match will begin at 8 o'clock Mountain Time on Thursday, and then there will be two more road matches after that. Really, really fun to see what Coach Olmstead and her squad have done this year. And then the final note from today, uh, I think we've covered everything. Hopefully we have. But the BYU women's basketball team had a very nice victory on Saturday afternoon, beating the Fresno State Bulldogs. They recorded 10 steals, had 7 blocks, and also forced 13 turnovers. Talk about getting defensive as they win this game 80-64. to Jeff Judkins in the release from BYU was, say, was quoted as saying, Fresno State is a very good team, and, I'll, and I bet they'll win the Mountain West or be right there in the end. Tonight we won this game because of defense. I thought our trapping against their two best players and getting the ball out of their hands was a definitely a key to the win. BYU is now 2-0 on the season. Really, really fun to see them do that. Uh, BYU was led in the win by Shaley Gonzalez and Paisley Harding. They each had 22 points a piece, so starring performances for both of them. Gonzalez also collected five steal, five rebounds, four steals, three assists, and two blocks. Oh, and a partridge in a pear tree. It's a joke I like to use on the podcast. It's Christmas season. Deal with it. Anyways, so a big win for BYU women's basketball. Uh, they will be back in action hosting Arizona State Wednesday at 11 a.m. at the Marriott Center. That game will be televised on BYU TV. And looking at the game time on this, I believe that, that is the annual game where they actually bring a bunch of the school children from the local area, Provo, Orem area. They actually get to invade the Marriott Center. It's actually one of the more raucous crowds that you will find Uh kids having the time of their life on a field trip, quote-unquote, to watch basketball. I'm guessing that is the game. 11 a.m. on Wednesday as they take on the Arizona State Sun Devils at the Marriott Center. All right, that's going to do it for this Monday edition of the show. A huge thank you for all your support of the podcast, as always. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Hope you guys will make Locked On Big 12 your second listen of the day momentarily. Catch up on everything going on from the weekend that was in Big 12 action. Josh Neighbors does a fantastic job making sure you guys know everything you need to know about the conference. It is free and available on all podcasting platforms just like this show. All right, Make sure also, by the way, to follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Search us out, Locked On Cougars. My personal Twitter feed, if you like my thoughts on all things sports, is Jacob C. Hatch. And as always, the email address for this show is LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. All right, more tomorrow as we get you ready for Georgia Southern as BYU football resumes at regular season action this Saturday. And obviously everything that happens will get you ready for BYU in Oregon, in hoops. We've got that all for you on a Tuesday edition of the show. So hope you all are doing great out there wherever you might be. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for November 15th, 2021. And we will catch you guys tomorrow.